You're quite hostile. I got a right to be hostile, man. My people been persecuted. <laughs> So, uh, welcome. This is the Here You Are Wasa podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dino. I'm Eric, and I've got a cold. So, so I'm yeah. just going to apologize for all the sniffling and, and possibly sneezing as we talk. <laughs> but it is still the same two people. Right. Yeah, even though one of us doesn't sound the same, but that's okay. <laughs> right. You know. And apparently, and Eric, you're coming to the end of your cold, right? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been dealing with it for about a week, so... Hopefully it's done soon. So do you get do you get sick at, at change of seasons? Some people typically get sick at change of seasons. I don't. Okay. I don't get sick ever. I, I Gina, my wife, told yeah. her dad that I'd been sick, and he sort of stumbled back. He was sort of shocked. I haven't been sick in probably more than a decade. Wow. So. So why are you sick now? Well, because I have a six year old daughter who has been who was sick for a week, and then was healthy for a week and then got sick again and then my wife has been sick most of february so it's inevitability you you just thing. can't you can't fight it okay yeah at, at some point that stuff that stuff gets real so yeah i used to get sick every season like you know and it would i think it was fall was it fall so one of the seasons changed i would yeah. get sick but i'd suffer from allergies once in a while too right so that had a lot to do with it yeah see i, I suffer from allergies and uh Every spring, I get sick for about a week. Sure. And so, you know, like there are people who take allergy pills all year round and stuff like that. And and I just decided uh, at some point, I'm just going to take Benadryl and I'm going to go to sleep for a week. You know, you still might be in a decent position. I get that it's March 1st, but have you ever heard the thing about honey? No. If you take a tablespoon of honey starting at the beginning of the year, then you won't you won't be affected really by the allergies when that season changes. When do I take the, or how, how much would, honey do I should take? probably start in January. Just take a tablespoon. Every day? Of honey, honey every day. Okay. And there's, I don't know what the, what the science is behind it, but I've heard a number of people tell me that. And All right. Something takes, about the natural effect of it has, helps with the allergies. I'm going to take some honey in the morning, and I have some honey in the house, so that's good. So I used to take bee pollen every day. Yeah? I used to buy bee pollen from the... It was supposed to be good for allergies and lots of other things. I don't remember what now, but it was sort of like eating um, uh, quinoa, not okay. cooked. Uncooked quinoa. Just, just, I would just take a tablespoon of it every day. And I don't know if it did any good for me. I stopped taking it eventually because I didn't see any effects. But Well, you weren't sick for 10 years, so I think it probably yeah. did good for you. <laughs> it could be. I don't think it was at the same time. But yeah, okay. Anyway. All right. So we are talking uh, – we're going to talk a little bit about email. All right. And uh, so how we use email, how email has changed, what uh, – what we use instead of email, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so uh, Ed, let's let's bring this to your work a little bit because uh, we use Trello for the, for, the pro, for the podcast. Sure. But you guys use Trello at your job extensively. Right. Do you use Trello more than email at work? Oh, yeah. Email at this point is 
it's really just for HR to deliver messages. You know, I mean, we don't communicate via HR. I mean, we don't communicate via email. We get email notifications when things change in Trello or other project tracking applications that we use. Yeah. Um, that's pretty much it. I can't think of anything else that we, you know, unless it's group emails where they're letting a whole slew of people know something at the same time. We don't, we don't use it. Wow. Yeah, the see. application that we use is Lotus Notes, which is well outdated. Wow. They've been, use, they've been using it for decades, and it has its own inter, uh, instant messaging program. So we use that, and we've started using Skype now and Trello. So, yeah, email is just really sort of a dumping ground for information. You use Lotus Notes? Yeah. We used Lotus Notes when I was there 15 years ago, and they still haven't changed from that platform. Wow. I used Lotus Notes when I was at uh when I was working at the college and I was like, This is amazing. I love Lotus Notes. What was it, fifteen years ago, like you're saying? Right. And I was like, This is the because I was absolutely enamored with the idea of sharing a calendar. You know, because it was sort of my first time working in a way that that was a thing I could do and would have a need to do. So I was I was enamored with that. So Right, and now things have changed so much that Lotus Notes is just horrible. I would imagine Lotus Notes is probably the exact same thing it was 15 years ago. Probably, yeah. You oh, know, because they've made advancements. Right. I mean, why would you if businesses if businesses keep buying it? You know, because you guys have a thousand people. You, you know, probably just holy what crap. businesses are buying it. I mean, I I've done searches to try to find other you know tips and tricks and that sort of thing. I can't find anybody that even writes informational oh, really? things about Lotus Notes anymore. I know that I know that NTC doesn't use Lotus Notes anymore, but they're shifting away. the The leaving of Lotus Notes was horribly, you know, hard for them. It was, you know, a cultural shift they didn't expect. So, but uh, that's going to be the same for this company, and they've let us know we've got a new um, chief information officer. And we've been told that we're moving to Office 365 probably by the end of the year. So. Yeah. But it'll I, be a big transition for them. I made the – when I was at family planning, I made the – as the IT guy, I was the one who made the shift for to Office 365. And, and I got to tell you, I really liked it. It was a really hard – I mean, we had a really screwed up antiquated system that was cobbled together sort of with duct tape and chewing gum and – uh and it was a really hard changeover, but once we got over there, I was like, "This Office 365, in all fairness, is cool. I think it's a you know, but it's it's Microsoft really has that one sort of core product, and they do it really well. So, so do you? So just for fun, do you remember your first email address? Oh wow, that's a great question. And what and what service was it on? Or tell me a little bit about it. I don't. I want to say I don't remember the exact exact address, but I want to say it was a Hotmail account. Okay. It was Hotmail before Yahoo? I know I had a Yahoo account as well. Sure, I don't remember. I think they're all sort of blurred together into one for me. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I you know, and that would have been more of a public web based account. Yep. I'm sure that I had some school account before then that I don't remember, but I'm gonna go with Hotmail. Yeah. I don't remember what the <coughs> was, but 
Do you remember sort of back in the day when you would, you know, it would be like JuicyPants1731 at Hotmail.com? Yeah, no, I was thinking that when I was talking about it. I never did that. Right. It always had something to do with my name. Or- okay. Because I, I remember this thing where you don't, want, you don't want to give up too much information. You know, you don't want to put too much information in your email address. I'm like, it's okay. So mine, mine was some absurd sort of weird combination of things I was interested in and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think I really uh, made the change to, to something else probably until I got a ch- – I probably got a charter. I know I got charter at an apartment, but probably not. I don't think I really took email seriously as, uh, okay, this is a – let's use an email account until Gmail, until I got an invite to Gmail. Wow. Yeah, otherwise it was always, you know, rock hard 1979 or that it was never rock hard because I just realized it sounded dirty. Yeah. And I was trying to make it about music, but... That was awful quick. Yeah, oh, holy shit. That's I'm sure that was it. Yeah. So anyway, it was always it was always something like that, you know, but... Uh, no, I, I think I was, you know, I was, I'm always in the back of my mind. I don't talk to people easily. So how is somebody going to find me if... You know, I happen to meet them, and I've said all of three words. How are they going to know to email me? Right. You know, they're going to ask somebody, well, who was that guy? What was his name? He, he didn't even introduce himself. Right. You know, so I figure if I if I had something similar to my name in my email address, it would be easier to find me. I think that's always my thought behind yeah. it. Yeah. I always remember that. So, like, when you were at the paper, you had the paper's email address but then you also had your consultancy, and that, that was an email address as well. And I just remember it driving me nuts on my phone. And I'm like, God damn it. Why can't people just have one email address? You know, like I have a, I have an old Gmail account that I started, you know, around the time of the invites. Uh, and I was working at NTC, and it's radiofreegeneral at gmail.com. And, I've, and I have since long since forgotten the password and haven't logged probably haven't logged into it in 10 years or something but it's just it's hilarious i think it's funny that you know people used to try to be anonymous with their email addresses right you know and i think that 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 just sort of reflects a a a shift in the internet that that's not we don't do that anymore we try to get as close as we possibly you know we try to get our names if we can you know because there's not a taboo to it anymore back when i was a consultant it was there was a taboo to having your name attached to something that you were trying to run as a business. Right. You know, it's like if you didn't have a business-related email address, you were looked you you weren't looked at as professional. Right. For the same reason that I had to have, you know, I had to have a pushmedia dot info. I think it was. You know, you had to have that actual URL, and you had to have if you were going to send out a resume. It was so much better to have your name dot com than it was to have your name dot wordpress dot com. Right. It just it it felt like that had to be the case. And as the internet has grown, as the technological world has grown, that's become very unimportant. Yeah, it's it's shocking how that sort of shift. I also think that the the invite process to Gmail in the beginning, I mean, it was one of those things where like people were like, "Oh, dude, you get an e- you get a Gmail invite? No, I got ten. I'll I'll give you right. maybe I'll give you one. I don't. Do you, you sure? I don't know. You know, it became this really sort of strange thing where like I like I I got my e- Gmail invite 
from a guy on a hardcore punk rock message board by the name of Steve in New Jersey. And I'm like, and to this day, I remember that I got it from Steve. And I'm like, okay, that's right. That's where I got my adult email address from, from Steve in New Jersey. And it's like, okay, that's, that's strange that it's, that it was that big of a thing, you know, like we really, really, that was really a, a big, I think that was a big cultural shift in the, in the way we handle technology. And I wonder, you know, I, I almost wonder sort of what other email services have lasted as long as Gmail. I, I've just been wondering lately about the invite process. What's the point of it anymore in today's? So when Gmail came around, came around, it was it, I don't know. There was something exciting about right. it. You know, Google was making email. They've done these wonderful things for search. They're probably going to do the same thing for email. And right. You know, then they did the same thing to a lesser degree with inbox. But now, especially when we were ramping up for this podcast, I've been pushing to get the, an, an invitation for polymail. Okay. And I can't. And, and I just think, why? Why not just open that up to beta for everyone? Right. I th- so I think that there's two reasons. One, the, the folks from Mailbox explained their invite process, which was amazingly successful. Um, they just simply didn't have, they weren't capable of handling everybody's email yet. So well, they, I understand that. but You know. Yeah, it does. It does suck when it's like, look, just let me in, you know. But then at the other end, there's the like the social media network, Ello, E L L O. I'm like, oh yeah, can't wait to get an invite for this. And then I got one, and I'm like, I am standing alone in a room with no one else, you know. Just it's an empty social media network, you know. Or what was the other one that I was got an invite to? Ning N I N G where you can build your own social media networks. Oh, yeah. How'd that go for you? I I tried for 15 seconds and went, yeah, I don't have enough friends to do that. There's, you know, I don't, you know, like, yeah. So like, for, for a minute there was, there was a wave of sort of low-level celebrities who built it around themselves. And, uh, and it was also, uh, it was Mark Andreessen, the guy who founded Netscape, was the, the money behind it and then some I mean some woman was the was the co-founder and uh, they they put a whole bunch of money into it Gina Bianchini she yeah. Co- yeah, I don't know who she is but that's it just popped up in Wikipedia so she those two were the boss and I just remember reading about it and I probably got wired magazine for about a year and read about it no I got read about it in fast company which I got for about a year and uh, thought, okay, this is cool. Let's try to get in on this. But yeah, it 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 went nowhere. But so so back to email. So what do you use? On, so we are we're both computer i or computer iPad iPhone guys, right? Right. So on your computer, how do you process your email? Well, I really only use my work computer anymore. Okay. Um, and that's Lotus Notes first, Gmail second. So how do you get your Gmail on your work computer? Just web browser. Okay. Yep. Me too. That's that's how I do it on, on my computer as well. 
on your iPad. And that's really, and oh. I just have to make a disclaimer. That's really only because the computer will lose its battery overnight, and when I plug it back in, the default tab that Google opens when I relaunch all of the applications that close down is email. Okay. So I will read through the emails and then I will close it. But I don't normally go to email unless I'm expecting something. I will read it on my phone. So, when, but you also used to have a computer at home that was yours. Oh, I, yeah, right. But now it, it's been co-opted. I still do. It, I just don't. I don't. I email is funny to me because I don't see a need to go to email with all of the other communication devices that I have in front of me. Right. If I'm looking for something particular, I'll. I'll go to it to to find that, or if I email myself some link throughout the day, even I, I don't even do that much anymore. But I would go to email. I would look in the, I would save links, for instance, in draft, in a draft mode, uh -huh. you know, and I would launch that link from the draft email. That was you know, before things like Pocket and Evernote and OneNote. Right. So, uh, so then on. On my computer, I do it as well through the browser. But you know, you every now and then you you read the story about or you read a link about Kiwi for Gmail or are you you know this for the G and I'm like, I don't know why I don't know how that's going to be any better than reading it in, in Firefox on my computer. I don't know what more I need on my MacBook Pro. You know, so what's Kiwi? Uh, it's apparently it's a program like like your mail program. That you can that uh, sort of is a, is something you can use for Gmail. The only reason I know about it is because Angus Nelson tweeted about it. Gotcha. That he was using it, so I went and I looked at it, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know how this is. I don't know how this is an improvement over what I what I'm doing in the browser. You know, because if you're if you're like us, where the goal is to to get through email as quick as possible and onto the next thing, you know. It's the yeah. It's the first. It's the first link on our website or on our homepage. But after that, we're off to the races. You know, I'm off to do other things. I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to spend time in, in email. So, on your phone, what is it you use? Oh look. Oh, you did. You made the change. Okay. Oh, I've had. I've been using Outlook for a while. But you I was were the one that talked you into right. The but what were you using? You were using something for a minute. Oh, I've I've tried them all. I okay. was it mailbox or uh, there was something else. Yeah, yeah. I forget what it was. Yeah, I don't remember what that was now. Okay. Yeah, it I, had a very clean interface. I remember I liked the interface, but air air mail. No, no, that's the one I tried. That's the one I bought. No, I forget what it was, but it, it just it did the push notifications didn't work the way I wanted them to. Sure. So I ended up going with uh, Outlook. Yeah, and Outlook for me is one of those things that sort of eliminates other applications. Like it eliminates the need for a calendar application on yeah, my phone. Yeah, I've the calendar as much as you have, but yeah. I should. Which, which is strange because you have a wife and kids. So, you know, right. Right, be sure, you know I, I have a niece that I have to schedule gymnastics class and picking her up from school and stuff. So, yeah, I live I live in the calendar, and so – the the ability for Outlook to pull and push to my calendar to my Gmail calendar, or my Google calendar, whatever you're supposed to call it, um, is amazing. Like I I really have always wanted to use you know the Gmail app on my phone, and every now and then I try it. I put it, I uninstall Outlook, and I give the Gmail app and the Google calendar 
a week or, or three days of, of, of work, and it, it invariably lasts just a couple hours. You know, and I'm like, this this is dumb, and this is clunky, and it's not what I want, and I'm out. You know, because the Google Calendar is horrible. Yeah, the iOS. It really is bad. It really is. It's just like the default is three days. You know, and it's just it's. I wonder if it's better on iOS or I mean, on, oh Android because it's not any good. Like the the thing is, I really liked uh, Sunrise. But using Sunrise is, at this point, useless because they got bought by Microsoft. So they even put on their website that all of their hard work is now going into the Microsoft calendar. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, if, if the things I really like are going to end up there anyway, I should stay with the Outlook calendar. But Doesn't Inbox have a an iOS app? Sure. I think I was using Inbox for a while. Yeah? The hell is Inbox? The new and improved Gmail. Oh yeah, that's right. You oh you tried that, huh? Yeah. I I know I I know I put it on my phone and I set it up and turned it on and just went. I don't know what this is. This is too weird. I'm I'm done. You know, like I much uh, better on uh, a mobile device than I did than I do on the desktop. I can't yeah. use it on a desktop. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't ever activate it on my in my browser. I just I thought that was silly, but. Like I really like it. The uh, I gave airmail a try, and we'll and we'll talk about that. Um, but uh, I really like I really do like the the interface for Outlook on my phone and on my iPad Mini, and I specifically like the idea of the that it has some sort of algorithm that establishes focus and everything else. The sort of whatever however it figures that out it sort of does it does it really well you know this is the stuff you actually have cared about in the past so this is the focus stuff and then there's everything else you know people asking you for money zappos telling you you returned something right whatever it is you know it it uh it does that really well like the thing the problem i had with airmail right off the bat was there wasn't that separation so i just had you know, the, the 900 emails I get every day was all of it was right there in front of me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, this is, I get too much email. This is hard to separate. Holy cow. You know, so. That's almost a requirement in today's world is to have those, the focused and the other boxes or the all mail right. focused boxes. It just seems like every new application that's coming out is having, having those. Yeah. Like. On on the Gmail, uh, on, in the browser, it filters out uh, social promotions and important. Yeah, I like that. And I really, really like that, you know, because yeah. I can pretty much just go to promotions every couple of days and delete everything. You know, Outlook filters by focus and not. And Air, Airmail didn't seem to focus on anything, on, on any of it. So didn't filter any of it so i just had this long list of stuff that i had to grind through every time and i thought this is you know this is telling because i apparently have signed up for too many services using my gmail account for one and i should have been using something else for those but you know it, it just that was that was a deal breaker and then the fact that i just couldn't find uh, a corresponding calendar app that was equal to outlook since the calendar is is important for me so 
Um, they have a snooze option too, don't they? Yeah, they. Yeah, so I don't I th- get snooze in Gmail. I mean, in email in general. I don't understand snooze. I, maybe I don't get enough email to understand it, but it's just a weird concept. To right. Do. So I, you know, I think that for me, you know, like if somebody emails me something, hey, we got to talk about this tomorrow. Okay. Well, then I, that means I don't need to worry about it right now. I'll snooze it for eight hours and then it'll pop back up again. Okay. Now I have. Now I'll think about this. So. That's I what I different workflow, I right. guess. You know, if I got a message that said I need to talk to you about this, I would instantly put something on my calendar about it. Right. I wouldn't think to snooze an email. Right. Because I would think to snooze a calendar event. It's just it's a strange way to communicate, I guess. Yeah. It it is, but you know, I think that in some places that, you know, hey, we gotta talk about this when we see each other next week. Oh okay, well, you know, it's important that you told me that now so you remember it, but I don't need to know that right now. I can, right. you know, I can let this wait. So I'm going to snooze this for now, and it'll remind me. You know, yeah. It's just sort of like in in getting things done. The GTD deal. It's sort of okay. This is a ticket to creating what he calls a tickler. So you put you have a note, and it it's essentially there's a reminder somehow to tickle you to hey pay attention. This is going to happen tomorrow. Would that just be a shared calendar event? Sure, in a lot of ways it is, but some people don't share calendars. Yeah. You know, savages—they're all savages. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the communication. So, to, in, the communication aspect in email is interesting to me because there's so many different ways to communicate in, in today's mobile world, for instance. That using email to communicate back and forth, not specific things like here's the agenda for the meeting next week or or this afternoon but just hey how's it going doing well what are you doing tomorrow doing this thing you know it's a strange communication back and forth via email oh yeah i i agree do you i do i mean because you are like that you are more of a communicator via email than you are other communication platforms that's true but but for me the deal is it you know sort of the content rich thing like it it comes down to you know here's in in my work here's an agenda of a meeting we need to have here's a a note or here's an article that you wrote to that i wrote and you wanted so here you go here's these are some interview questions here you go here's a proposal you asked me to do it's like a tracking device. Yeah. Something you're able to go back and refer to. Right. You know, because so, I mean, how do you see it? Email? Yeah. I don't know. It's sort of this holding area, I guess, you know, agendas, things like, like, like you just said. You know, that's really how I use it. I, a lot of times it's things that I'll send out or things that I'll receive that I rarely go back and look at. Right. There, I <laughs> but, mean, I know that that. The, but I know that they're there. Right. I know that I can refer back to them or search for them if I need them, but it's not something that I go back and regularly check. Yeah. See, for me, it's it's this thing where now now there's diff, now email is different. So it it used to be, and I and I think for for me, some of it is just you know the the propensity for communication. The, the I like typing. You right. Know, so right. that's one, but. Like work-related stuff now, now that I'm doing this new project that we talked about, I, uh, you know, like we we use Slack now for the first time. And now I understand Slack 
pretty well. Hey, and I'm right. like, okay, this this makes sense. You know, a project of two people, Slack doesn't make sense for. No. A project of twelve people all across the country, yeah, okay, this kind of makes some sense because what Slack did for me is, you know, if if I've got twelve people who are enthusiastic about this project, the first couple of days. It led to 98 emails, you know, and, and chains that were, you know, all of a sudden everybody's included, 12 people are included in an email and everybody's replying and hitting reply all and everybody's replying all to all of those. And I'm like, okay, now we're going to try Slack because <laughs> I just got funded and I have 498,000 emails from you people that none of them are meaningful, you know, because – like it's this this idea in the beginning of projects, this sort of getting to know you phase, sure. and I'm like, yeah, okay, let's let's all move over to Slack, and then the the idea it became clear that okay, we're all using this one device. The conversation that we're have they haven't figured out how to do direct messages or how to build sort of message rooms, so everything is in the general thing. So everything that's typed is a, is visible to everyone else. <laughs> So people aren't typing, hey, I saw a picture of your dog on Facebook. It looks really cute. Right. Because that was, you know, like the 72-year-old lady who's really interested and she's volunteering as a retired person. She's really interested in talking about it. She sends emails about my dog. And I'm like, okay, well, great. I just got an email about my freaking dog, you know, I don't <laughs> from a lady who I don't really know, you know. So I'm like, moving on, you know. But, yeah, it was – like you and I tried, like I we even had I set up a Slack here you are WASA page, right? And uh, we don't use it at all, no, because you know it's two of us. We right. we we can use. I think we're I'm getting the hang of Trello, you know, yeah. Like like it it seems to to make sense to me now. I mean the stuff you've shown me that you guys do is awesome, you know. But not that you've shown me anything at all. You've just shown me examples that you've cut and pasted from the internet that have nothing to do with anything at all. Just Are random strangers. Yeah, exactly. Not at all where you work. So, yes, I've never seen any of those. But, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, like cool Trello sort of seeing large groups use Trello is really quite cool. But for me, right. like, so the workflow is this. So person X says, hey, Dino, I need to talk to you. Immediately I, I take that. And if there's some some sort of time frame, that becomes a thing on a calendar. And then if it's not, it, I shoot it over to Evernote. And Evernote is really where I process information at this point. Because it's like if I have a meeting, I do I do two things. One, I have a I have pre-notes in Evernote before the meeting in preparation to what we're going to talk about. And then I have post notes, a summary of what happened. So that if later on person X says, hey, what did we talk about that at that meeting? I can go back and I can find the notes from that meeting. And now since you we talked about title titling something, that's even easier for me. So, yeah. So you find Evernote working better with Slack than you do OneNote? So I... I Last I, time we talked, you, I, were, you were leaning toward OneNote. I wanted to use OneNote. I want to use OneNote. But nobody in the world seems to be able to explain OneNote to me. You know, I just simply, like I, I, Microsoft, there are people out there who are sort of paid OneNote advocates or evan evangelists. And I've had email exchanges with them. And sort of the core of, of OneNote 
is beyond my understanding. You know, just sort of using, apparently people really like using OneNote to brainstorm. And, and I, I get that, but I, I, I want a collection. I need a collection place for information. I don't need, if I'm going to brainstorm, I can just do that in Google drive, you know, but it, 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 I've never gotten one note and I've tried, I've tried, you know, like we did it, we did the exchange for a week where I, I used it for a week and, uh, I just never got the hang of it. And I think that the problem is, is I'm probably pretty deeply used. I'm probably deeply using Evernote. So, right. and as a result, it doesn't, it just sort of doesn't get there for me. So. Gotcha. So what, so when you get up and, and check things in the morning, I mean, after Whatever your morning routine is, sort of right. the first time you either you get to work and you check whatever it is you need to check or you get up in the morning, what do you check first? Twitter, email, what is it? Well, thanks to notifications on the iOS, I can check all of it. But, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm checking Twitter first and then I'm checking email. Yeah. Really? Is, the, is the first screen in the morning the phone or the iPad? The phone. Okay. Yeah, I, I, me too. And I, I think it's weird because every now and then I find myself like I get up to go to the bathroom and I, my phone doesn't <clears throat> come in my bedroom. I don't use it as an alarm clock. I, it, I plug it in in the, in the other room and I walk out and before I go to the bathroom. I check Twitter and I'm like three quarters asleep and it just it must be some sort of, you know, cellular thing. Go look at Twitter because I'm not. I'm pretty sure I'm not grasping anything at that point. But, <laughs> Yeah. Same thing. I mean, mine is my alarm clock, so it sits just off my bed, and I have to get up and pass it before I go in. And you know, I'll I'll say I'm going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I'll hit the home button, and it. Uh, excuse me, I have to sneeze. Apparently, I don't. Apparently, I'll hit not. the home button, and I'll see you know what's what's sitting there. Notifications to read. If there's email. If there's tweets. And that's it. Yeah. I I don't you often delve any deeper than that. I'll just check and see if there's stuff for me to look forward to in the morning and see what time it is and I'll go on my merry way. So so the one of the things that we I, I put in Trello is the the concept of hold on a second, what how long have we been talking here? Okay. One of the things I put in there was uh the concept of collaboration versus contact. So, you know, do you do you use like do you keep in touch via email like you have you have relatives who don't live here, right? So how do you like what electronic ways do you keep in touch with them? Messaging, like Facebook messaging. No, like messages, SMS. T- oh, text, text messages. messages. Okay. So like Pete or your sister, they don't email you. No. Yeah. My sister will email me if she has something deep and profound that she wants to get off her chest she'll send me a long email pete once in a while you know because we'll communicate links and things like that about movies or some pop culture right. thing and so we'll send emails back and forth but for the most part it's messages and neither of them are on twitter and i'm not on in i'm not on facebook right instagram so sure you know it's mostly just messages so do you so you use when would you say email is a collaborative i mean of the two is email collaborative or is it used for contact? No, it's just used for contact. Yeah. And um, you and you collaborate other places. Right. 
Yeah, I don't okay. use email for much other than, like I said, it's mostly a dumping ground for me. Yeah. A place to collect information or store things that have come into my inbox and I want to read later or look into a little bit more or the travel arrangements for somebody that I need right. to refer back to. It's more like a it's more like a wiki. wiki. Sure. Yeah. It's funny because when I was at family planning, we were at one point we were considering building uh, sort of a wiki for the staff and stuff. And I'm like, I think that's too far out there for nurses from central Wisconsin who are all in their fifties. Let's not, let's not burden <laughs> them. Like, I think they understand mail, email. It's not, let's not go any further than this. So, you know, the problem with that is you have to know what you're looking for. It's like, I got an email six months ago that had something to do with this. Now, right. How do I find that? Right. What search it, terms do I use? Is it still in my inbox? Did I did I filter it somehow? Did right. I do some crazy shit that I shouldn't have? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, the deal is with the specifically. I think I search better in Evernote because I kind of have that down. But uh, I I gotta say, like you know, like this idea of getting to inbox zero. Like I have two hundred thirty eight emails right now in my Gmail inbox. Right. And I've none of them are unread or anything like that. But I just, for whatever reason, I don't feel a compulsion to go through and process them all out and, and eliminate stuff. It just seems like fucking let them sit there. What do I, you know, what do I give a shit? Right. You know? Just, you know, I don't know that I don't get the intrinsic reward to getting me to zero. I mean, I, under, I, I understand it. I understood it when Merlin Mann give that, gave that talk and how cool that was. But yeah, I don't, it's not like it's costing me any headspace i've already kind of processed what i need to process and i moved on so then the next thing i I was wondering do you use uh like a to-do list app or do you guys have one at work at work yeah or they would know how to use one of those things no i use uh wonderlist yeah mostly i have an app called to do yeah that i use once in a while or i mean i I store a lot of things in there. I don't know if it necessarily... I don't think the notifications work the way I want them to. Okay. Because it seems like I create alerts for notifications that sure. I put in to do, and I don't get them when I expect them. Right. Yeah. So then it sort of defeats the purpose of creating Pe- a to-do people, list if you can't notify me. Yeah, people seem to love it, though. I like it. I think it would be. I think it would be good if I could figure. It's probably just user error. If I could figure out how to use it properly, spend more time in it, I would probably really enjoy it. But sure, Wonderlist. I don't usually set notifications for Wonderlist. It just ends up being you know something. I have to go. I know that I have to go to Target and and Walmart and to the grocery store and have to do all these things on the weekend. So I'll I'll put lists in there throughout the week and things that I need to pick up, things that I need to do at home, stuff like that. So it's something that I'm referring to on a day-to-day basis versus getting notifications on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I use Wonderlist as well and I, and I like it because I, I've gotten the, I think I've got the notifications pretty well wired down and stuff like that. And I like, I like that list making and stuff like that and the ability to, to sort of like attaching files to wonder to wonderlist things is really cool. The other thing I like about wonderlist is it's a, it has applications across my entire computer life from my laptop right. to my iPad to my computer. Right. I'm I'm synced on all of those. So that that's a that's a big big thing for me is the ability to go okay, 
I don't know where my phone is. I'm going to pick up my iPad mini and take a look at it, where I'm, what I'm doing on Wonderlist or, you know, that kind of thing. So, right. The other key feature is if I'm going to share something, I want those applications to be, to be core. Right. You know, if I can't share something to Wonderlist from the native operating system, right. you're, you're getting dumped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is too hard. I don't need to, I don't want to set up an if this then that page to, you know, make whatever the hell sync correctly. But yeah, yeah. I that like could be a whole other podcast though, because I love if. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, then that's a podcast. You can add that to Trello because, and I'll have to start to, I'll have to learn how to use it. But yeah. So let's see what else, what else is here? I think that's about it. We've, we've really talked a shit out of this thing. So, airmail? Air. Did you give us a final? So the deal is, I can gonna continue using it. No, I kill. I, I, yeah, actually, I even got a refund, which was cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I was. I reached out to uh, to Apple and said I'm not using this, and they said, okay, here's your refund. You know, which is fine. But what the strange thing about it was, it didn't come off my phone. It stayed there, and I kept using it for a couple more hours until I finally deleted it. You know, and just said, all right, they did, huh? Yeah. But uh, yeah, they credited like I had some. I had gotten an iTunes gift card, so that's why I bought it. And because uh, it's like five, it's like five bucks. And yeah. uh, and but I, you know, and the other thing was it was like nineteen dollars on my computer, so I never got that far as to using it. So, but what I did like about it was, unlike Mailbox, it didn't insert folders into my native into my Gmail account in the browser. Yeah. Like that was the thing that didn't like that. <clears throat> yeah, I hated that. I really hated that. Like that was the thing. I'd be like, dude, this is so cool. I really this is really interesting. I like this mailbox thing. Then I'd go in the browser and I'd be like, What are those things? Those I don't want those. Whatever <laughs> I, I just that is. Put those there. Yeah, right. I, this is my email address, my email account. No, no, you don't have permission to put folders in it. No. Right. And so I, I I can I never ever like I can't tell you. 30 times I tried to use mailbox and every time I'd open my laptop he'd be like nope can't use mailbox can't just can't do it so yeah I think you know for those that don't know us we go back and forth you know and I sharing links to here's the latest email program here's the latest to do making list you know we're always trying out the new email program for instance but I think I've finally gotten to the point where I don't care yeah no, I'm done. For whatever reason that is, Polymail, it, it's been getting a lot of press, as much press as Mailbox has. People are really excited. I've been pushing for my beta, and I think when I get it, I'm just I'm not going to use it. Because the truth of the matter is, if you don't have an ecosystem like Outlook that works as well as Outlook does with the calendar and, and the email, and I don't know, does Outlook have to-do lists? Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, see, it probably works very well with all of those. I haven't used them, but it probably is is very smooth. If you don't have that anymore, you're worthless. Right. Your email program can't be something separate. It has to be all of those things together, or it has to be able to work together with all of those other things seamlessly, or you're not interesting. You're not viable anymore. Right. I, I think the interesting thing, like, you know, every now and then you reach out and you ask people on the internet through social media that you know. And I, I invariably ask this guy, Seth, over at the Workbench podcast. I'm like, what do you, what do, you do with the calendar? 
you know, how do you, how do you handle it? Cause the calendar is the thing that I'm most fascinated by. And, uh, and he's like, I use the, I use the native one on my, on my MacBook and on my phone. And I'm like, Whoa, really? You're the one guy who's doing that. You know, I don't know. I don't know anybody who uses the native calendar, you know, and every now and then I'm like, I think maybe I should do that. You know, like use the calendar program and the calendar app on my phone. And I'm like, I that that just seems like a, a, a wasted step because its its feature set doesn't seem as deep or as easy for me as Outlook. And as a result, it's like done. I don't you know I'm off. That's like, the rub, though. How right. many of those features are you using? So the, the, for me, I'm using quite a few. So that's the, you know, like I, the, this whole thing, like the, the idea of, of a deep, uh, a deeper tool came from when I was working for uh, a musician and his manager bought us all a very expensive uh, a CRM, whatever CRM stands for, called Daylight. Right. And... Uh, like daylight was really like it had a deep, deep feature set. So like when we would call a venue, uh, like so you'd call a contact, you'd call a, in this case a venue to book a show, you would make like the notes you could keep in there were very deep and very precise. And so like you know you could set okay call you could set a date for when you're going to call this guy back. Or you could set, you could put information in there. On Tuesday, I talked to him and he said, you know, we're not having any left-handed guitar players for six months. Okay, so now I know the last time I talked to him, you know, what, what we talked about. So I thought that that was really cool. And then working in public health, there's a lot of agendas, a lot of agendas. And then there's a lot of, you know, PDFs and stuff like that that you have to bring to meetings. And so we... we I really liked attaching them as as parts of the the email or the calendar invite so that everybody would have them in one place. And so that was, you know, when you have agendas and lots of packets from for meetings in public health, you have to have that information with you. And so because you're sort of accountable for it. So I think that that was, you know, rather than sending somebody 15 PDFs in an email. If I could just attach it to the to the calendar invite, they acknowledge the calendar invite. Okay, now I know you have this. Right. So, you know, and I have it as well. So I think that that that's sort of how that workflow comes about. And sort of the the feature set on Outlook is just as deep, if not deeper, than the native uh, feature set on iTunes calendar. And I and I. Apple Mail, iTunes Calendar, Apple Calendar, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's sort of what I, you know, like I do really dig in the iOS address book, for example, how I can just add a shit ton of information. Like, you know, like for my brother, I can list out his kid and his wife right. and you can connect contacts together and build groups and stuff. I still use the the iOS uh, and the OS ten calendar or contact address book as my database of contacts i never even thought to use something else yeah right you know because you could set it up where you know if you were using gmail gmail could populate that automatically on your phone right so but i don't i, I like the cleanliness and the organization of the address book on os 10 so huh. 
All right, so we've been talking about this a long time. So let's bang out some, uh, some, uh, do you have any, what the shit are they called? Recommendations. Recommendations. I was going to say testimonials, but recommendations. What do you got? I do. There's a book called The Human Face of Big Data. And I had heard about the book. Yeah. I didn't really know much about it. And I stumbled on the documentary that goes along with it on PBS last week. And it was just, it was, I think I was just shocked to to see something about big data on TV. And I watched the thing and it was just, it was amazing. There was some great stuff in there. So I'm recommending the book and the documentary. Yeah. So I, I, I was super psyched when you tweeted it or something. Yeah. Um, Because, so I worked on the last president, uh, the last two presidential campaigns on uh, Barack Obama's staff. It was technically on the staff. And we used, we got to, our teams were deep, deep in large chunks of data. And so seeing how that plays out on a national, on a political scale is is really quite cool. So yeah, Yeah. I was super excited. And I I think that data sets are just so much fun, you know, to, to sort of play around with. They are. They're unsettling at yeah. times. I mean, there's some retail data sets that are like there was a whole thing about Target, and you know, it was fascinating. If you're not terrified of right. the world, right? But if you are, it would be a terrifying thing. But there's some really, really interesting things that big data is involved in. Yep. So I'm going to uh, just because we added, I added it when we got on the phone tonight. Uh, the movie Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> so we were talking about it, and uh, I have a bit of a Emily Blunt crush, and I hadn't seen Edge of Tomorrow just because of the the Tom Cruise factor. And uh, but you, you showed me a link, and I watched it, and I was like, "All right, this is good." And I don't yeah. know if it's any good, but it's a good use of Emily Blunt and in, in some the supporting cast, and Tom Cruise isn't too much of Tom Cruise, so it was kind of nice. It was one of those sleeper hits that yeah. you didn't expect to be as good as it was, and the world liked it. And somehow they're working on a sequel. Really? Oh, that's Not cool. Sure. I don't know Not how sure that how seems possible, work, but, but you know. Apparently, they have a really amazing story already. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, I after the uh, last podcast, I started doing yoga. Oh boy! Yeah. How to work? Going well. Yeah, you I doing it at home or you do or do you go just somewhere? doing it at home? Yeah, yeah. So I, but I found an app that it's gotten five stars. I don't think it got any bad reviews. It's called Yoga Studio. Okay, and it's got these great little videos, fifteen minute, thirty minute, sixty minute videos, and it just walks you through the steps, beginner, intermediate, advanced, and teaches you some really interesting things. And so. That's cool. Yeah, because after like after the last podcast, we talked about stretching, and now it's funny just how I give myself permission in, at the Y to just take as much time as I want stretching. Yeah. After the and now it's like okay, yeah, I I can see how. Yeah, I just I like to stay here stretching longer. This is right. this is I'm going to keep doing this for another half an hour. You know, so it was funny because I went on about how good i feel and what a good feeling it is to have stretched after a word right and at the end of these videos the woman that's doing the narrating you know, she's got this calming voice and the last thing she says is to take that 
pleasant, that lovely yoga feeling with you all day. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's a perfect way to end it because that's how you feel. Right. Yeah. You just sort of have to, it's, it's cool to sort of plug into that on a way that you, you sort of, I think the deal with yoga and, and men, I'll say, uh, is you have to give yourself permission to sort of give up that judgmental asshole-ish step in, in your brain and just yeah. go, I'm just going to embrace this shit. This is, this is my path. I'm going to, I'm going to embrace this for me and, and see how it goes. Yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about yoga and meditation. So well, I got the meditation app too, but I haven't, I haven't started that yet. Yeah. That I, I can't tell you how much Steps. headspace is just, it's the, yeah, I, I'd be tempted to pay the $500 just to see what the hell else is in there. But, yeah, wow. you know, but I'm not going to, um, so for me, I'm going to give two uh, music um, recommendations. One is a hip-hop group called The Underachievers. Sort of the first time, like somebody, uh, a young dude who uh, wanted to talk about my music writing mentioned, uh, messaged me on Facebook, and I'm like, okay. And we went back and forth a little bit, and he's like, here, listen to this song. And it was this, it's this hip-hop crew from Brooklyn of, of really kind of youngish men who are sort of doing the odd future thing in that they're a crew and they're together and they're doing all of their pieces. You know, they're making their own T-shirts, they're doing their own art, et cetera, et cetera. But they're not annoyingly destructive like the odd future guys were. Um, and so the Indigoism is the, is the first album. They've got a couple of albums. And uh, so I, I really like them a lot. Um, and then the other is an album I just got two or three days ago from a band called The Wild Stab, which is Paul Westerberg and Juliana Hatfield. Oh, yeah. From you, for you children of the 90s, Juliana Hatfield. So, and The Replacements. And The Replacements from the Paul 80s. Is. Yeah. So, that, so that, those two records I really like. And, I, and uh, <clears throat> the other thing that I, I did today uh, was I took some CDs and my, uh, from my uh, storage space in a Rubbermaid tub, and I brought them home to put them on a on a shelf. And I just thought, looking at the seat at the physical CDs made me go, I gotta listen to I gotta listen to my music more because I have I have good taste. So nice, yeah. That, I just had the two. Okay, so all right. So if uh, if people. The website is kind of new looking, so if you you should go check out the hereyouarewasa.com website. Eric uh, made it's some. Ever, it's ever evolving. Really. Yep, it's it's. Let's, a, it. Let's just call it organic. It's a living, breathing document. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And we're on Twitter at uh, here you. If I could find us on Twitter. Here you are, Wasa. One of them, but one of them is a letter, right? Yeah. Well, we'll just say here you are, Wasa. They can figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. People. So. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, you guys. Yeah.